Entry Center uh, here yesterday doing a concert. Anita is back there, wave at everybody. She's, she's grandma today, yesterday she's a warden. <laughs> and she's a good one. And we had a great time. Those men came in and, uh, you know, they're trying to get life back and start over again. How many of you glad that you can start over again? Amen. Wouldn't we be in a mess if we couldn't start over again? And so the, I, it started out and it was a little, you know, everybody was kind of feeling it out. It was the first time we'd ever been there. And, and I, along about the, it was either the third or fourth song, man, I felt the presence of God fall into that building. And those men stood up and they were raising their hands, loving God. And you just felt a shift in the atmosphere. And I'm so thankful that God can enter any place you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you find yourself and change things for you. Amen. Amen. Well, today is our Thanksgiving uh, banquet following service. And you heard uh, Jeannie announce that I'm going to ask you to do something when you get over there. Annette will pray. I'm saying this now because I'll probably forget if I don't. But Annette uh, will pray once you get there to, uh, for the meal. But I want all you young people, everybody say young how many of you are just old, old people? Okay, so all you young people, uh, stay back and let the older people get in line first so they can uh, get their food, all right? Does that sound good? Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. <clears throat> Today, we're going to talk about thankfulness. If you would, go ahead and run that video for me. I just wanted to stop everything and take the time today to let you know how very thankful I am that you've been there for me. say thanks for never giving up on me. Thank you for providing meals for us after Blake's surgery. Thanks for making sure I always had a ride to chemo. And thank you for helping me through this difficult season in my life, God. Thank you, God, for teaching me to be a strong single dad. Dear God, thank you so much for giving me this new job. I love it. Thanks for sending Jeff to take my shift last week so I could be with my family. For keeping me company on the first day of school. Thank you, God, for helping us get that bill paid. Thank you, God, for the clothes on my back. For giving me the courage to speak the truth. Thank you for forgiving me. For making my day better. For giving my life a melody. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for every single day. And one final thing, God. Thank you for always loving me, no matter what.
I want to read a scripture for you. It's found in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, starting with the 16th verse. It says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let me say it one more time. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So he instructs us in everything give thanks. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful to be able to gather together in your presence. Father, with people that love you and love each other, we just ask today, Lord, that you will hold us and help us to remember how you want us to live our lives. And we give you praise and thanks for it in Jesus' name. In everything, give thanks. I had a sister come up to me right before uh, I came up here, and she was telling me that her uh, daughter had had, where are you at? Wave at me. There she is. That your daughter had had. There we go. I got it from there. I couldn't remember what it was. But she had kidney surgery. And they, they had, uh, we're going to go in, and they, they, her kidneys were failing. Is that right? No. They removed one of her kidneys around a year ago. They left her with one kidney left. Then other kidneys had failed not too long ago. And they said they were going to have to remove this. If they removed this, she wouldn't have no other kidneys. I got it. And so, but guess what God did? God healed her kidneys. <laughs> God healed her kidneys. So God, God is able, it says, in everything, give thanks. Now, it says, I, I want to point something out to you here because it says it's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The word will there means it's God's desire. So this is what I want you to catch. It's God's desire when Paul is speaking this to us, he says, this is God's desire for the way he wants us to live our lives. So if this is how God wants us to live our lives, then we probably ought to pay attention to what he's saying here, right? And so the first thing that he starts with, it's like a three-part series. <laughs> he says, rejoice evermore. Say it with me, rejoice evermore. The word rejoice there means to be full of cheer. Well, we hear that, but we, sometimes we don't really get that. So let me break the word cheer down for you. It means to dispel gloom and sorrow, to dispel silence or apathy, to cause to rejoice, to gladden, to infuse life spirit animation to incite, to encourage. The word evermore there means evermore. <laughs> Everybody say always. always. So this is what God is telling us. 
Always dispel gloom and sorrow. Infuse life into others with your animated spirit. Always be an encouragement. Oh, rejoice evermore. Always be an encouragement. Come up here a minute, babe. I was telling them about how you were practicing that song the other day. <laughs> Just she, she couldn't help it. She, so she, she rejoices. Debbie doesn't like to have a bad day. You know, if Debbie comes up to you and you see, if you ever see her like this, yeah. You know, something has happened. I mean, either, you know, I, I mean, our house is burned to the ground or something bad has happened. But she tries to bring joy wherever she goes. So she told me she was at uh, Kroger last night, right? You should have never told me if you didn't want to. Okay. She's at Kroger last night and she said she noticed a lady behind the counter in the bakery and said, man, the lady looked real frustrated and she was, she, she was, come up here a minute, uh, Hannah, let me borrow you. I want you to look frustrated so we can, I want you to look stressed out. You ever get stressed out at your work, at your job? Okay. So, so she looked stressed out. Give him a look of stressed out. Okay, so, so she looked stressed out. She, she looked, and Debbie was watching her. Come over here. You're a little too close right now. Come over here. And so she's watching her, and she's thinking. Debbie said, I thought to myself, that woman needs a hug. And she said she no longer thought that, and that lady stepped out behind the counter. And when this woman stepped out behind the counter, show them what you did. I said, come here. <laughs> A complete stranger to her, and Debbie puts her arms out and says, come here, you need a hug. And guess what the lady did? She ran into her arms, grabbed her, and started hugging her. And what would she say to you? Well, I said, you're too blessed to be stressed. And so she said, that's right, I'm too stressed to be blessed. I mean, I'm too stressed. <laughs> No, but she started to, to weep. And she, just, yeah. she started to tear up. Okay, give them a hand. Thank you. What I'm saying is this. It's sometimes you don't understand. This, this is what Paul is saying. Look, God's got a desire the way he wants you to live your life. And the way he wants you to live your life is to be an encouragement to others, to be always ready to share, to excite. And how do you do that with an animated spirit? I know I'm a little laid back when I preach. I know. I had somebody, you know, I've had people come up to who I, we were here the other day. I don't if, if you're in the audience, wave your hand if you're the one that said this. But somebody came up to me uh, one Sunday after service and they came up to me and they said, I really enjoyed your presentation here. You, you, you know, you, you presented real well. That was that was very good the way you presented. And I, I thought I thought I was preaching. I didn't. You know, you understand what I'm talking about, presentation. I'll never forget I was preaching a revival and that we had some folks from Russia there. The guy came up to me after it was over and he looked at me and he said, I really enjoyed your performance tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, but do you understand, sometimes if we're not careful, that's what's happening. A sister came up to me during service. She said, can I say something to you? And I said, yeah. And she said, God is, is saying that he, he wants us to love and, and, and just not, you know, stop the act and stuff, you know, and just the shutting it on and off. How many of you know that if it's real, you can't shut it off? And that's what God is saying. I just want you to be real. I want you to share with people everywhere you go. Do you ever hear people on the phone when they answer, hello? 
It's everybody say my professional voice. Right now you're hearing my professional voice. Hello. People, sometimes if we're not careful, we get so plastic that nobody can relate to us. And what people need is not for you to enunciate each word correctly. They need to feel his love. Debbie talked about a ministry of hugs. (laughs) And I thought that literally, do you know that there's a, a, a day of hugs. I think it's January 31st. Am, am I right? Anybody can confirm that? But it, a day in January where it's National Hug Day. And I thought to myself, man, Debbie's got her calendar all messed up. She thinks that's every day of the year. National Hug Day. My mom, when, when Debbie first came in to our family, my mom was, it was a, uh, what you might call a little stiff. You know, Debbie said the first time she hugged her, it felt like she was hugging a brick wall. But I'm, I'm serious. Mom just wasn't, you know, she wasn't a real emotional person, didn't show her emotions a lot. But Debbie kept on hugging her until I watched a transformation happen in my mom. And, and when Debbie would come in, Mom would open her arms up and go after Debbie and hug her. And you know what? She came home one time and she started telling me stuff about my mom that I didn't know. I said, I've known her all my life. And she never said that to me. What I'm saying is that when you show love, it causes people to open up. We live in a very divisive, come on, give God a hand clap of praise. We, we live in a very divisive time where, I don't know what's happened in society, but it's like nobody wants you to have an opinion. They want you to agree with them or else. And, it's, and, and I'm thinking, look, you, you know, even in the church, you're never going to agree on every single thing. But Paul instructs us, he said, you keep the unity of the Spirit until you come together in the unity of the faith. What's he saying? He's saying, don't let love be pushed aside. Don't, even when I have a, a disagreement with someone, that doesn't mean I hate them. That doesn't mean I don't like That mean, That simply means that we're not on the same page. And if I love them, I'll get them on the right page. Everybody say love. Just rejoice evermore. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather hang out with somebody that was going, woo? <laughs> or I'll tell you one thing. I'm about sick and tired of all this stuff going on. You know what I'm talking about? I've, I've been on both sides of that spectrum. I, I've, you know, I've, 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 I've talked with people that, that, that live from both sides of it. And I said, look, man, the scripture says if a man wants friends, he's got to do what? Act like a prune. No, if you want friends, you've got to show yourself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Don't you know that this is what Jesus said? This is how men shall know that you're my disciples, is that you have loved one toward another. It's one thing for me to say, I love you, because talk's cheap. But it's another thing for me to get that love to you and to be able to prove that. And so there's no doubt you should never, ever question whether or not Jesus loves you. He proved it at Calvary. Rejoice evermore because you've got a reason to rejoice. Somebody say it. I've got a reason to rejoice. 
he comes after that and he says, pray. Yeah, and let, me, let me just insert here when I'm, I'm still at that rejoice evermore. Do you ever see folks that, that, I mean, how can I say this and be kind? You ever see some evil people? That's kind, Pastor? Well, it is if you knew what I was thinking. No, I'm kidding. You know what I'm talking about, folks? Have you ever met somebody that rejoiced in wickedness? You know, that, that did mean stuff, and they rejoiced in doing it. Have you ever met someone that's supposed to be a Christian and they rejoiced in walking around with their nose up in the air, acting like they were better than everybody else. You understand what I'm talking about? That we can get on two sides of the spectrum. We can get on the side where, you know, we, we, we treat everyone poorly and, and, and we devise schemes against people. And I've met folks like that, man, and I, I'm telling you, I avoid them. Or we can get on the side where all of a sudden we're just so holy. Do you understand what the, the terminology of holiness is? What some people think holiness is, God looks at and he calls it self-righteousness. How many of you know that the only way that we're holy is by hanging out with him? And it's his holiness that makes us holy. And God loves people. He says, pray without ceasing. So now, li listen to me. This is the way that God wants us to live. Rejoice evermore. Say it with me. Rejoice evermore. Smile real big. Smile. Come on, if you're not smiling, you left your teeth at home. <laughs> Smile real big. Rejoice. In other words, be an encouragement to others. Say it with me. I want to encourage you. Matter of fact, just turn around, look at your name and say, how can I encourage you today? I want, I want to I want, to, I want to do something that will help put a smile on your face. Now, look, how many of you know that that doesn't come natural? I know I went back to rejoice evermore, but hang out here with me. I, I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again, but I, I want to do it to prove something. I love God. I mean, I really do. I love God, and I love people. But every once in a while, I have to remind my face that I love God and I love people. I'm just being transparent with you. I, you know, I, and Debbie tells me sometimes, she said, you know, she said, sometimes you, you can come off a little, uh, what? Harsh. Dear God, what have I done to you? No, I'm kidding. No, I'm, kidding. I'm thinking, oh, no, everybody's noticed that, 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 and, and, and she said, and I know you, and I know not, that's not who you are. For some people, bubbly comes natural. Debbie's cousins are seven up and bubble up. <laughs> so, so for some folks, it just comes natural. But for others, we have to work at it. We know what we feel on the inside, and we love God and we love people, but sometimes we're not real good at letting that show on the outside. So I'm driving down the road, and I looked up in the mirror. This is a true story. I looked up in the mirror, and I saw my face, and I looked at myself, and I said, my goodness. And I, I literally thought, in my mind, I'm thinking, boy, you need to, 
learn how to smile. And God help me, if, if anybody had seen me going down the road, because I'm driving down the road and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, mirror going. <laughs> you know, because I don't want it. I don't want it to be fake. I don't, I don't want it to, you know what I mean? And it's just like Debbie, Debbie just smiles. And she, when I smile, I look like I'm growling sometimes, you know. And so it's just, it, it's, it's just trying to get to the place where what's on the inside you're able to show on the outside and let people know that you care. Somebody say it with me. I care. Pray without ceasing. The word pray there means an earnest request, worship. It's a combination, an earnest request and worship. Because if prayer is just about always asking God for something, it's not really prayer. Or if prayer is about a gripe session with God, it's not prayer. That's why prayer has to be accompanied with worship. Because as you worship, it, oh, but think about this. You can't even, as people say, well, I don't know how come my prayers aren't getting answered. Have you managed to get into his presence? Because it didn't say pray your way into his presence. It said you enter into his gates with, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thanksgiving. I was doing mission work in Trinidad. I was there in, uh, I think it was April or May, and I got invited to a Thanksgiving service. And I thought, man, what's wrong with your history over here? You know, Thanksgiving in April? I mean, that doesn't roll around. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, the pilgrims showed up there at a different time than they showed up here. And so, you know, I go to this Thanksgiving service. And when I get to this Thanksgiving service, I discovered that their Thanksgiving service is really a little twisted. They have a Thanksgiving service when they have something to be thankful for. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Seriously, the guy had gotten a promotion on his job, and so they had a Thanksgiving service. They invited in their family, all their friends. They came. They had a big feast, and while they were eating, then after they were eating, they, they worshiped God, and after they got done worshiping God, the guy got up, and he started thanking God specifically for things he had done. His wife did the same thing, and I was so moved by that, and I thought, man, that's really what Thanksgiving ought to be about. Thanksgiving ought to be about the fact, and, and that's how you get through the gate. Just to be thankful, everybody say, let me in. Not until you're thankful. <laughs> you're not getting in until you learn how to be thankful. How many of you raise children? Did you ever have your, did you ever have a child, or how many of you have ever taught children? How many of you have ever seen a child? <laughs> I'm just saying, have you ever seen a child act up in Walmart? Do you ever see a child that was thankful? You know, one of the reasons that, our grandson and my grand, our, our grandson's 16 now, and our granddaughter's 14, and we've got a new one that's going to be two in February. And 
But with Landon and Shaylee, we used to, you know, I traveled all the time, and every time I went someplace, I brought something back for them. Do you know why? They were always thankful. I'd bring something back for them, and they'd say, Oh, Papa, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And they'd hug me. Thank you so much. And I thought, I'm going to bring something back again. <laughs> but if you've got a child, have you ever seen something? You know what I'm talking about. It's always somebody else's kid. You know, in, in Walmart, you know, that, that they're, they're trying to get a candy bar. and you, that, you, No, you can't have that candy bar. You know, we're going to eat. We're, we've got to eat. You can't have that. I want this candy bar. Now, I'm not a bad, I, I do not advocate any type of abuse, but some of those kids need to be locked up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Hang out here with me. I'll probably get some emails now. But <clears throat> I, 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 I'm just saying that if, if, if you reward bad behavior, you're going to continue to get bad behavior. But when you learn how to reward good behavior, it encourages good behavior. When you learn to say thank you, it'll open up more gates for you than a sour attitude ever, ever will. When you learn how to be thankful, it will open up a door of opportunity. Everybody say thankful. He said, so you can get in the gate through Thanksgiving, but... Then once you get into the gates, you got to get where? Into the courts. And you can't get into the court except with praise. See, if you want your prayers answered, we've got to start out. When we want our prayers answered, we have to start out with a spirit of thanksgiving and praise and worship. And when we have that, it tunes God's ear to us. I mean, how many of you, just think in the natural process how it makes you feel when you've got a child saying, you just don't know anything. You, so, you, 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 know, you don't know nothing. I'm, I'm, I, I, my, my, everybody else gets to do this. How come I can't do it? You, you, you know. But if you, yeah, Tammy's over there going. <laughs> she, she runs a daycare. No, no I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. She doesn't do that. She doesn't do that to your children. She just does it to her own. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So here, here's, here's the thing. This is what I'm trying to get to you, is that when a child responds gratefully, it endears you to that child. I mean, when, our, when my grandchildren, and they weren't doing it, you know, being phony or fake. It was genuinely from their heart. When we genuinely from our heart come to God and say, thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you, God. If you, when you start your time of prayer thanking him and loving him, and it's real, and it, you're not turning it on or turning it off, but it's real and it abides in your heart, you walk in a presence with God that you can't find anywhere else. Pray without, that phrase without ceasing, because, you know, we always get into this. Well, how can I pray without ceasing? I'm supposed to be going around. I'm going to, I'm going to 
try and enlighten us on this. The phrase without ceasing literally means without neglect or failure. Pray without neglect or failure. In other words, don't neglect every day to get on the line with him. Don't fail every morning when you get up to begin to get on the line with him and open that line of communication. Everybody say, get on the line with him. And so when you get on the line with him and you've got that alone time with him and that personal time with him, then there's something you have to make sure you don't do. Who's got a cell phone with him right now? Can I borrow it? Thank you. You want to find out who he called? Okay, so here's, here's what happens. So you're on the line with him. This is, this is unique to my wife. Can I use you? Thank you. This is unique to my wife. Debbie never hangs up. Am I telling the truth? Never hangs up. She calls me, and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, driving, and I've got that Bluetooth, so you know, the radio answers it. And I'm talking to her, and I'm talking to her, and I said, okay, babe, I'll, I'll see you later. She said, okay, bye. I'm driving. She doesn't hang up. And so I hear everything that's going on. She's, she's, and I thought about that, and I thought, that's what this is. Prayer without ceasing. Once you open the line, don't hang up. Once you open that line of communication in the morning, don't hang up. She'll be, a lot of times she's talking. You know, I mean, she's walking and talking. She can do, she's walking and talking and, she's, she, and she'll be on the phone with me and I'm in the car and I'll be talking to her and she'll say, yeah, yeah, babe. I, yeah, you know, this going on. And all of it without missing a beat. She doesn't put me on hold. She doesn't mute it. She just immediately goes into a conversation with someone else that just walked up. She's hey, how you doing today? Hey, you know, and then I hear her talking and I'm thinking, really? You know, I'm thinking, and then, you know, and, and so she's letting me hear all her conversations. She's letting me in on everything that's going on. When she's done, then all of a sudden she comes back to me. What would happen if we would do that with God? If we would open up that line of communication and keep God on the line all day long. So when we're talking to someone else, he He's able to hear what's going on. Got him up, got God on the line right here, and he don't mind, he don't mind hanging out. He's omnipresent. Everybody say that means there's a whole lot of him. Omni- Do you understand? It's not like you can tie God up. It's not like he's saying, Would you get off the phone? I got other things to do. He's able to keep that line open with you. And as you're allowing him into your world, it's prayer without ceasing. Because she'll be talking to someone else, and then she'll come right back to me and say, I said, who is that? And she tells me, and she just comes right back and kicks into another conversation with me. And I hear her cleaning the house. I, I hear her walking through the house. And I, sometimes I just hang out on the line for a while and figure out what she's doing. <laughs> I mean, think about how God is intrigued with the fact 
that we won't hang up. That we keep the line open. You know what else it'll do? It'll help you be careful what you say to somebody. I got God online. This guy cuts me off in traffic. I got God online. You! Wonderful person. See, what we don't get or what we forget is this, is that God's on the line anyway. Whether you're acknowledging him or not, he's there. Pray without, without neglect. Don't neglect the fact he's there. Keep that line open. And as you keep that line open, you'll be able to stay in constant, thank you, in constant communion with him throughout the day. Everybody say, Jesus is on the hotline. How many of you used to watch that Batman? You know, Batman, anybody? Man, some of you never lived. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Batman and Robin, you know, the old Adam West, you know, and Boy Wonder. And what was it, what was it that he had? He had a, the bat phone. And when the bat phone rang, it didn't even, I mean, you, you know, he, there wasn't even a number to call. The commissioner just picked it up and it immediately went straight through. Do you know that we've got that kind of connection with God? We're not, we don't have to wade through and, and repeat, okay, I've got to do so many Hail Marys. I've got to, oh, wait a minute, I've got to quote so many verses before I can get him on the line. All you've got to do is raise him up, folks. <laughs> All you've got to do is say, hey, God, and instantly he's there. It's a hotline to heaven. Pray without ceasing. It's not a part-time exercise. It's hanging out all day long. Now, finally, in everything, give thanks. Give thanks, the phrase means to be grateful, express gratitude. Say it with me, grateful, gratitude. You ever give somebody something and you know it meant a lot to you and you say, hey, this is for you. And they go, oh, okay. <laughs> or do you ever have somebody give you something that meant nothing to them? Oh, here, this is for you. <laughs> Our son, had, I wish I'd have brought that picture. Our son, for one Christmas, had a portrait done of Debbie and I. Had a friend do it. And it was like a charcoal colored pencil type sketch, I think. Or, and, and, and he gave it to us and he was waiting for our expression. And we opened it up and we looked at it and it looked like we each had gained 40 pounds. <laughs> True story. We didn't know if this was a gag gift or if this was the real thing. And so we're looking at his face, and he's looking at our faces, and we're going, <laughs> oh, yeah, wonderful. <laughs> we had to slip out, excuse ourselves, and we went to the back bedroom and busted a gut. <laughs> look at that, man. I look like I'm a hound dog. I look at them cheeks hanging out there. <laughs> we put it in the closet. And stayed there. I don't know where it's at now, honestly. I don't know. There was a hole in the wall. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, everybody say, be thankful. 
in all things. Give thanks. Do you know how hard it is to thank somebody for giving you a picture that makes you look like you're fat? <laughs> Went back in. I thought, okay, it's got to be, it's got to be the real deal. I mean, he's, he's got to be. And so we walk in. Oh, that's so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. We're looking at each other. <laughs> thank you. And that's so thoughtful of you. So thoughtful of you. Well, he got married one day. And his friend decided as a wedding gift to give them a picture. <laughs> Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God is my witness. They take this picture. The guy made it. They had it. Isn't it wasn't it at the wedding reception in the front as they walked in? <laughs> ah, Jonathan's hairline went about three feet back. Rachel looked like well, never mind. But you could wash that stuff right out of your hair, you know. I mean, I'm thinking, what is, and so when, it, when they get it, hey, I love that picture of you out there, son. I love, love that. That's a great picture. After it's all over with, he's going, I can't believe that picture. I said, now you know exactly how I felt. <laughs> In everything, give thanks. Now, here, see, here's where we mess up. Because, see, okay, let me ask the question. Here, what does the word everything mean? <laughs> exactly. Everything. But here's where we get confused because we think it says thank him for everything. And so that's not what he said. He said in everything give thanks. See, I'm not supposed to thank him that I got in a car wreck. But I ought to thank him that he saw me through the wreck. I don't thank him for all the mess that ends up in my life, but I thank him because he doesn't walk away from me during the mess that's going on in my life. I think, are you with me? What he didn't keep you from, he saw you through. Doesn't mean you thank him for it, but thank him for seeing you through it. And this is what I want you to get because everything we face is not sent by God. I know some of you are wrestling with theology right now. Let me give it to you again. Everything we face is not sent by God. Some things are a result of our own choices. How many of you have ever made some bad choices in your life? I knew I shouldn't have eaten that shrimp when I was in Trinidad, but I made a bad choice. I forgot I'd saw that shrimp earlier that day on a sidewalk. I'm not messing with you on a sidewalk baking in the sun. I had made a wise decision concerning the fish because they said, what do you want for lunch? I said, they said, fish or chicken. I said, well, what kind of fish is it? And they pointed to the fish, and it was a fish laying in the sun. And I thought, I got no clue how long that fish has been dead. 
And I got no clue how long it's been laying there. But this I do know, that if that fish didn't sell yesterday, they didn't throw it away. So I don't know if that's today's fish or yesterday's catch. I said, where's the chicken? They pointed in a cage where the thing was (laughs) still going. And I said, we'll have chicken. Because I knew it was going to be fresh. Are you with me? In everything, give thanks. So they brought the chicken out. Didn't come out as a leg and a wing and a thigh and a breast. They took a machete to the bird, Jasmine. They chopped it. Honest to goodness, you had to be careful how you ate their chicken. You take a sliver of bone and shove it right through the roof of your mouth. They, they chopped this thing up. And so I'm there and I've got my friend Nick with me and we're, we're doing a project, a building project. And we stop for lunch and we go out and we're trying to pull this chicken out of this pot. And, I, and, and Nick said, I'm just going to stick with this chicken. He said, man, he said, all that other stuff, I don't know what that is. Well, they had Shana, or Shana, Shana and Shana Alu and Shatine and I'm not speaking in tongues either. It was that those were plates that they had. And, and so they, they had that and Nick said, I'm just going to stick with this chicken. Well, I'm supposed to bring joy everywhere I go. And so I went up to the chicken pot and I'm picking through the chicken pot and I thought, oh, he didn't see this piece. And so I, I pulled out the chicken foot, the claw. And I said, Nick, do you need a toothpick? And he went, oh man, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> yeah. But it was fresh. Everybody say it was fresh. I made a bad choice and I got food poisoned. I, I, you, if you know me, you, and you can ask my wife, if, if you're going to get me to stay in bed, you're going to have to almost kill me to do it. Because, I mean, if I'm able to move, I'm up. I'm going. She always says, man, you just need to settle down. Her dad used to always say, I always stood around like that, you know, shaking my leg. And he'd say, why don't you shut that motor off? I said, it's too hard to get it started again. I said, I just, <laughs> so I, I was just, you know, constantly uh, always on to go. I, and, and I got home and man, I felt it coming on. Thank God it was the last night and I was in the plane. I got home, man, I had fever. I, I was in bed, I think for two days. I don't know that it was funny. No, I'm just <laughs> over over food poison and it was it was my choice that put me there so I didn't thank God for the shrimp I thanked him because it didn't kill me in everything give thanks Melanie would you step up here a second For those of you that don't know Melanie, and I don't know her myself, I just met her today. Come on up here. But I heard something about her. Melanie uh, comes to the Overcomers class, and she teaches there. And Ray told me a little bit about what had happened in her life. And so I asked them to meet me early this morning. I asked her if she would be willing to help me with this message. Because there were some choices that she made And she had to, in everything, give thanks. Not for everything, but in everything. I want you, if you would, Melanie, to tell them about 
the choice you made and how God worked it out? Um, well, I spent most of my life until I was about 41 years old as a drug addict. So 19 years of my life was spent um, lying, uh, cheating, stealing, manipulating, um, one bad choice, one bad compromise after the other until um, one day uh, I'd had enough. And I was in, raised in church as a little girl, so I knew the Lord was dealing with me. And uh, I just said, okay, I need help. And uh, long story short, I packed up where I was taking up residence at that time, and I moved back in with my mother. And um, he delivered me from drug addiction without rehab, without, um, without a program. He um, set me free, completely set me free, gave me my life back, gave me my family back, gave me new friends. Um, I could go on for hours. Amen. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. So a lady that lost everything, she lost, there's a lot she didn't say, and I don't know her, but I, you can stop me when I'm wrong, but she lost relationship with family. She lost all her stuff because she was spending all her stuff on an addiction. Meth had become her God. And that was what she lived for. First thing in the morning, she'd get it online. You know what I'm talking about? Am I right? Looking for it, after it, seeking it, thinking of ways to manipulate someone to get it. Whatever she had to do, she was willing to do, and it was killing her. It was destroying her hope of ever being free. But she said, one day, I woke up. One, here's what you've got to understand about God. It's when you've messed up and when you've walked away and when you've turned your back and when you've rejected him and you said, I want nothing to do with you, he does not turn his back on you. He does not close the door. He does not say, I'm done. He continues to reach out his hand saying, one day, one day you're going to turn around and today is that day. Come on and stand to your feet with me. Thank you. In everything, give thanks. How many of you in here have ever had a, I, I, I hesitate to use the word addiction because then it gets, how many of you have ever had a life controlling issue? Wave your hand. I don't care what it was. See, we think of life-controlling issues as alcohol or drugs. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's just you're mad at everybody. And I'm not saying your anger's unfounded. I'm saying it's misplaced. Because what you ought to do is focus that anger 
toward the one that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy because he's the source of it and say, God, I need you to rescue me in everything give thanks not for everything but in everything give thanks I was doing mission work going into Mexico to work on an orphanage driving my friend's truck he wanted me to drive and hadn't rained in Mexico for three months drizzle started down and I was doing 35 miles an hour and came around to pass someone and all of a sudden unexplainably I went into a skid hadn't rained in three months so when that little bit of rain started down all the oil from that pavement had come to the surface and that oil mixed with that water and it made it just like a sheet of ice and I kicked sideways and I was headed to a ditch and I was cutting the wheels and in my mind I'm thinking well I'll get it straightened out when I hit this ditch but when I hit that ditch that ditch was as dry as a bone and so it flipped me over. I went from wheels on top of the truck, back over to the side, back up on the wheels. I was grabbing hold of the steering wheel, pulling my head away from the window because glass was busting and I was afraid that a piece of metal was going to shear off and go through my head. And we were upright. I looked over at my buddy and I said, are you all right? He had blood coming down his face. His head had been cut open and I'm yanking out sheets trying to get him wrapped up. And police show up and ambulance shows up and they said, you know, is everyone all right? And I said, he, he, he's gonna have to be sewn up. And they get him in the ambulance and the missionary came by and said, Rick said, you, you need to get in the ambulance. I said, no, I'm all right. My, my ear turned black. It had, I'd hit it against that window, so it just turned black. And he, he said, you need to get in the ambulance. I said, no, I'm okay. And well, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to, and in the midst of this, I'm thinking, God, what's up, man? We're going to do a work for you, and this is what I get? This is what I face. And missionary came back and you need to get in the ambulance. I said, no, I'm okay. I'm, I, and I'm trying to sort this out in my mind. I don't understand this God. Missionary comes back and said, you need to get in the ambulance. I said, Jerry, I told you I'm all right. He said, Rick, if you don't get in the ambulance, that police officer's got to take you to jail. I said, I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> I went and climbed in the ambulance. And I'm thinking, wow, God. It's amazing how sometimes we can forget to be thankful. How is it 
that I'm blaming God instead of thanking God that that didn't take my life? How is it that I'm blaming God instead of thanking Him that neither one of us were hurt badly and that we, sur- we survived it and that, that cover- the, the vehicle had insurance coverage and so it was paid for? How is it that we forget it's because the devil tries to blind us uh, to keep us from being thankful in everything, in everything. Give thanks. Tradition records that Peter is riding out of a city where inside the city there's a threat of arrest, execution. He's riding outside of the city when he saw Jesus riding inside the city. Saw him in a vision. This was years after the crucifixion. He looked at Jesus and he said, Lord, where are you going? Tradition said that Jesus responded and said, I go to be crucified the second time. Upon which Peter turned his horse around and rode back into the city because of a conversation that he had remembered. Lovest thou me more than these? Peter, right now you're walking where you want to and doing what you want to, but the day is going to come where someone else is going to take you where you don't want to go. The Bible said, thus he spake by signifying what death he should glorify God. How could God ever get any glory out of that? Oh, he did. They got ready to crucify Peter. Tradition said that Peter looked at him and said, would you crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to be crucified the way my Lord was. In everything, give thanks. My prayer for us is that his spirit will embed itself such a way in our heart that when we find ourselves in the midst of adverse circumstances, rather than complaining about what we're going through, we'll find the reason to give thanks, to be grateful, to show gratitude to God. I want you, if you would, to just take a friend by the hand today and I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, so if, you, if you're uncomfortable doing this, don't, you don't have to, but for as many as it would, would you take a friend by the hand and would you just look at them and say, I'm, I'm thankful for you. I mean, sometimes I may not tell you like I ought to, and sometimes I might even take our relationship for granted, our friendship for granted, or our marriage for granted. But I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for a wife that loves me even when I'm not always right. I'm thankful for a a wife that stands by me even when sometimes I may be discouraged. 
I'm thankful for a congregation that loves God. And they're not looking for what God can do for them, but asking what they can do for God. I'm thankful. And so as you hold those hands, I wonder if you would just take a step forward if you're able. Thank you, Jesus. If you're not able to, you can stand where you're at. But for as many as are able to come down to the front, if you would, I'll give you just a moment to get here. This is a time of year that we think of family. We think of friends. Thanksgiving. We're going to go to the Life Center in a moment, and there's turkey over there and ham and my goodness, there's going to be some lip-smacking going on. But right now, we have so much more to be thankful for or so much in addition to be thankful for. Thank God that we're able to go eat together. But aren't you thankful for the fact that God looked into your life at some point in time and kept you from something? I'd have never lived to have been a preacher if God hadn't intervened. Back when I was 16 years old, I, I nearly took a 1970 Impala off of Goreville Hill Blacktop, the twin hills there. Some of you may be familiar with them. My car was sliding, and I was headed off the road. It's going to be a 30-foot drop. All my wrestling with the wheel and all my trying was in vain. I couldn't get it. My brother hollered at me, we're sliding. I said, I know. Just nothing I can do to stop it. And all of a sudden, I don't know. Well, I do know how. My brother that had been sitting across the other across the bench seat on the other door it's like somebody threw him at me he weighed over 300 pounds so when he hit me I knew it he came flying across that seat and when he hit me it knocked my hands off the wheel sometimes we struggle so much to try and be in control and God is asking for you to give him control. When he knocked my hands off that wheel, that car started doing this in the middle of that road, and all I could see, Kim, was snow across the windshield. I, I, I'm looking at it, and I don't even know where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm even on the ground anymore. I don't know if I've gone off the road and we're falling or what's happening. And when it stops, <laughs> and the, the, all the snow settles down I'm looking and trying to see where I am and I open a door and the car's like this the front end of the car is the only thing that's on the road the back end is hanging off of the ditch and the tires are spinning in the air 
the weight of the engine kept us from going off. It really wasn't the weight of the engine. It was God. Lisa, whether it was four days or four hours or four minutes, it was God. It was God. So as you hold the hand of the person next to you, take a moment with me and truly be thankful. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer today because I feel like this is one prayer you need to do on your own, okay? But really be thankful about all he's done for you. Take time to thank him for the person whose hand you hold. Everybody's important to somebody. I may not be important to you, but there's some folks that love me. And so be thankful that you're still in someone's life that loves you, that cares about you, that wants the best for you. Todd, when you were howling at the moon, somebody loved you. Somebody somewhere was praying. How do you know that? Because the scripture says concerning Jesus that he ever liveth to intercede for us. (laughs) He's always praying for me. Always interceding. Are you ready? Can we pray together? As they sing this song, I want us to take just a moment and open our hearts and pray. Father, thank you.
of you, they're going to be thankful. Somewhere around the world, they're going to open a box that you packed, and a smile's going to come on their face, and they're going to be thankful that this year they've got a Christmas. Remember, today's the deadline for that Troy and Teresa wave at everybody. See them. If, get, make sure they've got your shoe box. There's a place for them in the foyer. If you don't have it here, talk to them. You may be able to get it in here tomorrow. It's got to go get shipped out this week, but please see them about it. Next week is the deadline for the shoe boxes for soldiers. I took my two grandchildren out and we bought packages. And I'm, and I'm telling you that that list, there's a reason that it's in bold and the other isn't. They bought everything on that list and I cannot get it in that box. And so we're going to have to get some more boxes to send the rest of the stuff over. But they're going to be thankful. Everybody say thankful. How many of you thankful for our armed forces? Amen. So Debbie and I are thankful for you as a congregation. We love you. Join with Ray as he, gives, as he leads us in a prayer of dismissal. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Of course, I'm going to see you before Thanksgiving, but I'll see you over there at the Thanksgiving banquet, okay? Father, we thank you today, God, for this awesome message. Lord, we want to be thankful in everything. Lord, thank you for this beautiful church family that we have to worship with. Thank you for the opportunities we have to share you. And Lord, we ask that you bless the rest of these days' activities. Go with us, Lord. Go with us to the Family Life Center, Lord. Bless the food. And Lord, we ask that you bless the fellowship and the fun and the time that we have together. For we are thankful, Lord, and we worship and we praise you. Dismiss us from this place, but not from your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.
turns its 